Hello and welcome to Pocket Potential. Our aim here is to help you to maximize your potential by taking small steps in the right direction. Now let's jump into the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Paul Croswell, and I'm glad you're here. I'm going to be sharing with you four powerful habits for better work-life balance today, so stay tuned. But before we dive into the show, I want to let you know that I just released my latest mental health guide. I'll include a link to the download page in the description of this episode. Uh, A lot of people that I come across are held back by what I'm going to call minor mental health obstacles. These are issues that are definitely not severe by, you know, just general measure of mental health severity in, in terms of the issues, but they still impact you enough to impede your focus, your productivity, and your ability to function at your highest level. I mean, these are things that just... They're the small things that kind of trip you up, and there are times I wish, I'm just like, man, I wish I could just boost my mental health so I can function at a higher level. Well, now you can because I've compiled a list of the five best ways and easiest ways to boost your mental health quickly and effectively in a safe way. So if you or someone you know could use something like this, be sure to follow the link to the download page. Now... Let's jump in to the content for today because I'm really excited. Mental health is important to me, but uh, work-life balance is so much more important because for me, this is the, 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 the final product, right? This is the thing we're working towards. And when you improve your mental health, you improve your decision-making power. And when you improve that, you begin to make better decisions and live a happier, healthier life, um, which if you choose right, can lead to better work-life balance. Now, nearly all research conclusively agrees that excessive busyness leads to a breakdown of our physical and emotional selves, and it damages our relationships in deep and sometimes irreparable ways. Uh, The reality is that excessive busyness is, uh, I think, a deeper, much deeper sickness in our society than anyone wants to admit. I mean, it really, it certainly isn't mainstream content for sure. But the good news is that you can beat busyness. You can overcome busyness. Yes, it is possible. And take back your life in the process. Now, my journey with this started a while back, right? I, I like to say I'm a, a, in part, a recovering workaholic in a way, right? My recovery began with burnout, like most people. In 2017, during a Christmas break, which I always look forward to because I love Christmas, I got the gift of a lifetime. Instead of the usual rest, family time, fun time, I found myself gripped with anxiety and depression on levels I have never dealt with before in my life. I mean, I'd never I'd never experienced anything like this. It was unexpected and I had no idea how to deal with it. So I spent that week curled up in the couch, uh, just occasionally leaving the house with my wife to go and visit family, which was helpful, but not sustaining, right? It was just a real eye-opener to me that when people say they're dealing with depression, they're dealing with anxiety, this is what they're talking about. Like, I, I really felt like I just, there was nothing I could do. I was just a victim of it. And so as I prepared to go back to work, you know, there was some anxiety there, but, you know, I, I had already spent a lot of time uh, 
working with and walking with people, navigating this. And so I knew, and because of the nature of my job, uh, the job I had at the time, I knew that I had to do things differently. I, I, I never wanted to experience that again, and things needed to change and change drastically. And so I started my personal journey to try to find uh, better tools and healthier habits uh, to restore that, right, to, to get back to that place of work-life balance. Um, so the time I, I, I spent reading leadership books, which I, I read a lot of, um, by the way, probably a little bit of an addiction. We'll talk about that in another episode. But the time I spent reading that really kind of gave me a head start. And I spent the next few months reading and researching about burnout, rest, and work-life balance. I came across a lot of good content. Um, the one of, one of which, by the way, I, I will share uh, this was probably my my favorite. It's by Wayne Cordero. I hope I, I got his name right. It's called Leading on Empty. And that book was such a lifesaver. It was the very first one that I read. And I mean, it just spoke to exactly what I was navigating. Um, if you happen to be a pastor, right, or you work in ministry, this this book is just, I mean, perfect. It really speaks to that specific experience. There are a lot of other books that talk about work-life balance. As a matter of fact, the Harvard Business Review actually put out uh, a really, really great little book on it that's worth looking into. But I'll I'll add additional content or, or you know link to resources later. Uh, just let me know. Send me a message or leave a comment or something. Let me letting me know that you want that information. Uh, but like I said, I spent a ton of time reading and researching about burnout, rest, and work life balance. And a few things became really really clear to me. The first was that I needed better habits. Uh, the second was that I needed specific tools, and that the third. The third was that I needed a new philosophy on work, right? I couldn't think about work in the same way I had been thinking about it. Something had to change. Uh, Developing better habits was really a a simple matter of research and adopting what works, works best for me, which is what I've shared below. We'll get to that in a second. Finding a new tool to manage uh, my work-life balance and not encourage a a busier schedule, which most of the tools that you will find out there right now, they actually encourage you to try to fill it somehow. Uh, That seemed impossible. It was really, really difficult. As a matter of fact, I ended up creating my own. If you ever visit my website, that's what VitaMap is. It is my personal uh, work-life balance manager designed specifically for managing work-life balance and encouraging you, for the most part, not to, to overflow your schedule if it's within your power. So, you know, you can check that out at another time. But here are the four habits. Oh, and before I forget the new philosophy, right, of work and, and, you know, just a new way of thinking about work. That was, that's something that I'm still cultivating, by the way. That's something that it's, it never really ends or, or stop. You can simplify it to like, you know, work is a means to an ends, like, oh, I, I need to work to pay my bills. But for me, I actually think it's deeper than that. I think it's so much more, it's so richer because so much of our lives for the general population it's, we're it's spent working, right? And you heard the old adage that if you uh, love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think there's a lot, a lot to that. As a matter of fact, in scripture, 
uh, King Solomon, who's supposed to be the wisest man to have ever lived, uh, had a lot to say about work and the meaning of work. And he talked a lot about finding joy in what you do, right? Loving what you do. And so I'm still cultivating my philosophy of work, but I, I definitely have a much healthier one now than I did when I started. Now, I tried a lot of different habits before I found these four that, you know, among others, worked best for me. And I encourage you to do the same. Do your research, check out all the other things that you can do to improve your work-life balance and find what works best for you. But the four that I'm about to share with you are the four that works best for me. It's it, it just they these are the simplest and some of the easiest ways that I was able to begin to work better work life balance into my life. The first habit is uh, make a habit of scheduling the important things first. Make a habit of scheduling the important things first. When you sit down to schedule your day, your week, your month, uh, however you you schedule, write out the most important things first. Right. And just a note, urgent doesn't always mean important. Let that sink in for a second. There are a lot of things that are urgent, very, very urgent. People want you to jump on it now, respond to that email now, get that project done today. You know, we needed this paper like yesterday. It's urgent, but it's not important. Right. And you you'll have to do the hard work of figuring what those are because those are very subjective. I can't tell you what's urgent versus what's important. But I will say for me, when you're thinking about things that are urgent versus important, I think about things like, you know, if you're a parent, your son's game, right? Or your your daughter's game or, or recital or, or whatever they're, they're into. Um, date night with your wife, right? These are things that I would say are, are fairly important. And I'll, I'll get to that, the reason why later. Um, your next really big project at work that you know carries a lot of weight in terms of moving the company forward. These are things that are important, right? These are things that deserve your best attention. And so after you write them down, you want to schedule the less important things around them. You do not want to reverse this where you fill your schedule with a bunch of urgent stuff that are not important, and then you don't have room for the important stuff that may not feel as urgent. You want to give the important stuff the best real estate on your calendar. And if you can, the best time of day, right, when you have the best energy. The second is say no, that's N-O, say no more often. I like to say start with no. <laughs> this for me, I mean, I, I, I love this idea of starting with no. And this is what I mean. Um. Every time we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else, right? So when, whenever you decide to, for example, say I say yes to the next person that asks me, hey, you know, you want to go get some coffee, you know, around two o'clock today? And I say, yeah, sure, I'll, I'm up for that. I have closed off my calendar two o'clock today to any other opportunity that comes up unless I'm willing to cancel on that person, which I'm generally not willing to do. If I commit to something, unless I really, really can't make it, I'm committed to showing up. I guess that's just how I am. But 
I've closed off my calendar. The moment I say yes to that thing, you say yes to that next work trip, you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. You say yes to working late, you're saying no to having dinner with your family again, right? You say yes to taking that weekend trip, you're saying no to being able to, to be at you know your son's game or, or whatever is happening that weekend, visiting family with, with uh, whoever, like, Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so you want to make sure that every time you say yes, it is worth it. Now, you won't always know if it's worth it. It's a gamble sometimes, but you want to really do your due diligence. Stop saying yes the moment someone asks you something. Let your yes be worth something by saying no more often. And don't feel bad if you find it difficult to say no when you know you should. A lot of people struggle with this. So many, as a matter of fact, that I actually wrote a post about it. I'll post that at another uh, time. You'll find it on my blog, maybe you know, a week or two or so. I'll post it, and then I'll have a, a podcast episode on the topic as well. So you want to check back for that. But I'm not the only one that wrote on this. I mean, the New York Times wrote a great article on, on this topic of uh, learning to say no. Now, if you have trouble saying no when you know you should... Try saying some of these out loud, right? Repeat after me. No is a full sentence, and I don't need to explain why. That's right. No is a full sentence, and I don't always need to explain why, because sometimes you do, right? No is a full sentence. I, like when I learned that, it rocked me. N-O, period, is a full sentence, that is a complete sentence. You don't need a subject and a, and a predicate. N-O by itself, period, is a full sentence. And sometimes there are a lot of us that just need to learn to say no and be okay with someone being disappointed at the fact that you said no. Um, here's a second phrase that I like. And, you know, I was in ministry, okay? So if you're not churchy or you're not in ministry, you may not fully understand this, but just stick with me. Um, saying no is not a sin. Mm -hmm. Saying no is not a sin. You won't explode if you say no and someone is, is disappointed. God doesn't look at you and go, how could you? It, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Another one. My first ministry is to my family and they deserve my best. And if you're not in ministry or if that doesn't, you know, fully make sense to you, say my first priority is to my family and they deserve my best. My first priority is to my family and they deserve my best. And this is what this means. Anytime you say yes to something that steals time or energy away from what you're able to give to your family, you're giving them less than your best. Right? Again, Another reason why you need to make sure your yes is worth something by saying no more often. And then finally, just remind yourself, every time I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. And then it'll make you think, well, what am I saying no to by saying yes to this opportunity, this meeting, this thing, this project, right? All right, so that's habit number two. Habit number one is schedule the important things first. Habit number two is say no more often. Habit number three is minimize distractions at work. Minimize distractions at work. 
to maximize your time at home, you will need to minimize your distraction at work. And this is the reason why, right? Doing this will free you from any nagging thoughts of unfinished projects or worse, taking work home. Which is, I mean, do I even need to say how bad that is and how how much things like that impact your work-life balance and or lack thereof contributes to your lack of work-life balance, I think is what I should say. Um, when you increase your efficiency and your productivity, your impact, how much you are able to get done at work, it reduces the amount of time uh, that you need to invest in thinking about things you haven't done that are nagging or taking work home with you. Right. And so simple hacks I found helpful for maximizing my time at work or minimizing distractions at work is there are times if I'm really deep in a zone, I'll work with my office door closed. Right. Or I worked with my office door closed Um, or I'll set designated times to check emails and check social media. So instead of living out of my inbox, a lot of people, they get in, they you know they turn on their, their computer, their laptop, and they go to their email immediately. And it becomes a task list of to-dos from everyone else in their inbox. And now you're checking things off of everyone else's to-do list, rarely getting to your work. And then by the time you, know, you get to your work, it's time to go. And so you take it with you. Um, so instead, I had three designated times generally that I checked emails. I checked it in the morning when I just got in to see if there are ed- any truly urgent things I need to respond to right away, um, right before lunch as an update, and right after lunch to see what I need to tackle before the end of the day. But generally, I wouldn't check it much else after that. Now, this excludes you if your if your job requires that you live out of your your inbox then that's different. You you'll have to figure out what hacks you got to check. And the other thing is social media. Uh schedule time to check that so that you don't lose half hour randomly um without even realizing half hour have gone by gone by. Finally, the uh other hack that I found is Find out who are the people who are your time, your biggest time stealers. A lot of times, it's not a, it's not social media or even emails that eat up your time. It's just people who will pop in or pull you to the side or want something randomly for you know a random project they're working on, and do your best to set up strong boundaries between you and those folks. Right now, final habit, habit number four, for powerful or better work-life balance. Um, start small if you have to, right? A lot of people get to the last habit that I shared and they just kind of give up. They get discouraged because they're like, well, I don't have that much power over my schedule, over my workday, over my time. Like, I, I don't think I can really do, you know, such drastic things like, you know, schedule when I check my emails or, or whatever, Start small if you if you have to. If you don't have the power to, you know, change where you work, although right now you can probably strongly negotiate working from home, but if you don't have the power to do stuff like that, then start small and make a list, right, of all the small changes that you can make uh, to improve your work-life balance because those small things, they add up. Every time you you add one of those small things that improves your work-life balance and they add up over time and 
generally you'll find that you had more power than you thought you had, right? So don't get discouraged and do not fall back from making changes because you can't make big ones. Start small if you need to. Make a list of those small things that you can do and go for it. Tackle that list one at a time. They add up. And so here's today's question for you. What's your biggest challenge in developing better work-life balance? What's your biggest challenge in developing better work-life balance? Now, for a lot of people, uh, it could be their family dynamic and, you know, what the structure of their life with family is and, and so on and so forth. For others, it's their work environment. Um, it's their boss. It's, it's, you know, having to take care of a loved one that uh, is extra taxing. Sometimes it's just a matter of it's a busy season at work and you have to figure out how to ebb and flow with, okay, it's a busy season. Everyone at work right now is busy. I just kind of need to get on a train, but at the same time in a healthy way, right? Because there's no reason to to destroy your health for a season at work that's just going to come back next year, right? If it's a season, it comes in rotation. So what's your biggest challenge uh, in developing better work-life balance? Leave a comment in uh, this episode or the in the description of this episode and really in all the episodes, there's a link that allows you to send me a message. Uh, if you don't want to leave a comment, do that and let me know what your answers are. I would love, love, love to hear back from you. All right? So... Guys, that's it for today, man. I'm so excited you stuck you stuck with me and um, tuned in today. Uh, if you really like and enjoy this podcast, it would be so helpful, um, very helpful to us if you leave a positive review on whatever platform you listen on, right? So if you listen on Spotify or um Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen on, if you'd leave a positive review, that'd be so, so very helpful to us. Thank you so much for listening to Pocket Potential. My goal is always to help you to take small steps in the right direction, right? And again, if you like uh, this podcast, be sure to subscribe, but also leave us a positive review. Um, And when you subscribe, of course, it allows you to be notified when a new episode is coming up. And that one on how to say no, specifically how to say no to good people, you don't want to miss it, right? That's coming soon. You can also read this episode via or in a blog uh, format on my website. So be sure to go ahead and check that out. And always, always, always remember that a small step in the right direction is a big deal.